Hello, Guitar Smarts listeners. This is an important announcement. Please don't skip ahead. We start this podcast with a special message. Way back in 2021, Guitar Smarts had the pleasure of interviewing the utterly fantastic Matt Long. Matt is a multiple award-winning British blues guitarist and lead singer of the British blues band Catfish and hard rock outfit The Revenant Ones. He joined us for episode number 20 and was a truly gracious guest who spoke about his career, his childhood, guitars and meetings his hero, Joe Bonamassa. Well, Matt needs your help. Through 2023, Matt has been undergoing treatment for bowel cancer, and his recent prognosis has meant that to extend his life and retain a chance of survival, he needs to seek private treatment outside of the NHS. Matt's family have set up a GoFundMe page that is linked in the Guitar Smarts link tree in the description of this podcast. And we at the Guitar Smarts podcast would like to invite each and every listener to consider donating towards this fund that could well save the life of one of the brightest guitar talents of our generation. Now is the time, folks. Head on over to the link in the description to find the GoFundMe page. Donate what you can. Your donation could save a life. Thank you. Enjoy the podcast. You you can never be too prepared with all your gear, mm. you know. Don't mm. don't be like one of the drummers that forgot to bring his cymbals and sticks to a session <laughs> once, and had to get had to get his mum to go and get them. It's not very rock and roll, is it? <laughs> it's no, it's not so really. Good. That's the embarrassing vocal. <laughs> Greetings, welcome to another episode of the Guitar Smarts Podcast. Thank you very much for joining us. This week, we are super pleased to welcome back an old friend, Mr. Damien Lodrick. Now, if you have been a regular listener of the podcast since we started, you'll know Damien's been on a couple of our shows. He came on uh, to discuss his life as a working musician, and then he joined us again for another episode to talk about running jam nights. Uh, Now, as Damien has had quite a long and illustrious career in the music industry, Uh, He's on this time to talk to us about uh, being a studio engineer and to give us some tips for guitarists to follow so that they can have a successful time in the studio. So this is a good one if you're planning to take your band into a studio for a recording. This is going to help you get prepared. Um, Remember to come and follow us on our social media pages. You can find the links to all kinds of interesting things down in the description. You can find links to uh, our buymeacoffee.com page where you can make a donation to the show or you can go and look at our merchandise on our Etsy store have a look in the description there for all those links and if you really do want to help and support the show then the best thing you can do for us is to leave a rating or a review using the links shared down in the description anyway thanks for listening enough waffle from me let's get to it Kieran, mate, how you doing? Yeah, kids, good, good, good. It's another podcast episode. Here we it go. Is, isn't it? It's another week. It's been a busy week. I don't know about you, but uh, it's mad busy for me this week work-wise. No time for guitar this week at all. But oh. you know, next week that should change. So I'm looking forward to it. What oh, sorry sense? to hear that, mate. Yeah, sorry to hear that. Uh, yeah, look, work has been very busy, as uh, like you. Um, and guitar stuff has been busy this week as well. Uh, learning mm-hmm. lots of new songs. Um, and uh, it seems to have gone mad on the guitar setup front. We've got four guitars in this week, uh, none of which have been started yet. <laughs> so <laughs> I've got a very busy uh, few days ahead of me to get those out. Um, and they all need quite a bit of work. But yeah, looking forward to those. So yeah, life is busy. But I tell you what. Oh, go, sorry, go on. Carry on. Carry no, on. go on. No, I tell you what tell has me. been exciting for me this week. 
Did you know Line 6 have released the latest firmware for the Helix 3.15? Which includes new effects, new stereo, mono effects, some legacy effects, it's a new amplifier. I just wondered, did Fender release any new firmware for your amplifier? Or does it still sound the same? <laughs> sounds, yeah. sounds exactly the same. Exactly oh, the same. Okay. In fact, Sorry, yeah, I'm, being, I'm not I'm part of the terrible. club. I feel very jealous, actually. And, and do you know what? I had a conversation with uh, another podcast listener this week uh, and and uh, local music teacher. And he and 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 he said, oh, "Do you know what? I think I'm going over to a Helix. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna move my rig over to Helix. Uh, another one, another one has fallen. So no, yeah. it's not fallen. It's climbing, <laughs> climbing out. That's what it is. <laughs> anyway, so yes, my amp still sounds the same. Mate. Of course, it still sounds absolutely <laughs> glorious. I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely sure. But anyway, I'm excited for this week. Oh, me too, mate. This one's been a long time coming. We were yes. we were thinking about doing this episode last year, back in 2021, yeah. uh, but through various scheduling and uh, just just yeah. other stuff happening, it's taken us this long. But I'm I'm proper excited. Uh, so today we have got the legend himself back in the Guitar Smarts podcast studio. We have got Mr. Damien Lodrick. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> Welcome hey, back, guys. Damien. Good yeah, to thank see you, you very much. Yeah, good to see you too. Yeah, looking forward to this. It's been it's been a while. I had to uh, remind yeah. myself how I set myself up for this thing again. <laughs> it <laughs> so, has been a while. Yeah. So, 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 Kieran, tell us what? Why have we got? Why have we got the the, the pleasure and the honour of having Damien on the show again this week? Right. So, well, I mean, look, there's many many uh, episode topics that Damo could join us for being being a very uh, well versed pro musician, but this is. This is one that I have um, spent a lot of time over the years trying to learn little bits and pieces uh, from from Damo about. And um, I'll get Damo to, to give a bit of a background, really. But today's episode is focused around uh, getting into the studio as a guitarist and you know really making the most of that opportunity from you know how you how you get your head in gear how you get your equipment uh, in the right place and how you work with the studio engineer and uh, and that's why I thought let's get Damo on the show because he's got a huge range of experience um, as a studio engineer amongst other things and I'm always in awe when I see him behind a behind a Pro Tools desk or, or, or indeed any studio desk uh, just the level of technical competence and it's all a mystery to me. All of the knobs and sliders, I can have, I can just about work a, a kind of uh, eight, eight uh, track mixing desk. But you know, when you see the types of things that, that Damo can do, and now with Pro Tools and everything, my mind is just blown. So I thought, right, who better as a as a brilliant guitarist and studio engineer as well uh, to, to to come to the show and tell us, you know, what what he looks for and what he tries to do when he's in the studio with guitarists. So, Damo, over to you, mate. Tell us, tell us a little bit um, about you know the things that you have done in your career to date uh, in terms of studio engineering and um, producing well gosh it's uh, it has changed such a lot since I started um, doing recordings in in various different sort of locations uh, but I've been a, a pro tools man uh, since since I can remember now and it's changed quite a lot over the years um, I uh, I, I, I suppose I, st I started off just by doing various projects 
either for myself um, or for my bands that I was uh, producing or playing in. And then that sort of led to getting other people into the studio, working with solo artists, um, working with other bands, either whether it's just purely recording, doing live recordings. Um, but I, I suppose my my life began with all of this, as you say, all the sort of the knobs and, and, <laughs> and faders, uh, doing live sound for 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 bands for for, for the bands that I I was in, and uh, I I just absolutely loved it. Now I'm just going to just interrupt myself here because I'm sitting in a completely different room from I normally do this, and <laughs> I have the pleasure of of the company of my dog. Hey. <laughs> Jed is in the house. Jed is in the house. And uh, well, that's absolutely, he's welcome as well. Yeah, well, the thing is, he, he likes to he likes to tap on the back door to let himself out, to, to, well, not to let himself out, to be let out and to let back in. And he's just knocking now to come back in. Hang on one second. No problem. Sorry. It's okay. oh, that's, a, that's a pretty talented, that's a, that's a pretty talented dog. There we go. He knocks. No, the dog, he, he dog training is going well. He knocks. He knocks he, he now, knocks. seriously. Yeah, well done. That Jim. is fantastic. So he's now wow. sitting with me now. So, uh, yeah, so live sound and... Um, doing sound for various different bands, uh, starting with my own band. And I just, I just fell in love with the whole, uh, concept of, of doing sound and getting the best sound, whether it be on stage or, mm-hmm. or, or out front, um, mm-hmm. with some very crude gear to start off with. I had a very old Allen and Heath desk, um, which was a 16 channel. Yeah. A 16 to four to two to two mm. um and uh i absolutely loved that and, and my friend my friend gave me that that desk and that got me going uh yeah. doing doing all the live sound for for the bands uh that i was in uh with v- various crew setups and then uh i happened across to getting a uh, a martin audio mm. pa system <laughs> wow uh, and then <laughs> a different desk, rack mount gear. Uh, it, it's it's phenomenal. I mean, mm. it's so so different from what I use today, which is all done with an iPad <laughs> and <Yeah>. wireless wireless routing <laughs> <laughs> and no rack gear anywhere. It's all done virtually uh, with you know up to thirty two channels. Go if I had to take out a thirty two channel desk back then with all the amount of compressors and everything that I've got thirty two compressors and 32 EQ systems, you know, um, real-time analyzers, spectral analyzers, everything. You'd I'd need boxes and racks and yeah. roadies and, um, you know, even before the dawn of affordable in-ear monitoring. Mm. Um, so, yeah, live sound really captured it for me. Uh, I just, I, I adored doing live sound out front. I used to do a sound for um, a ska band um, who had some of the, uh, some of the band members of Bad Manners in it. Oh, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, this was, yeah, this was quite a few years ago now. And um, I really, really got to grips. I didn't know anything about ska, but I certainly learned <laughs> an awful lot about ska, ska music and the way it's produced and the way it sounds and the, how, how important the, the snare drum sound is and, mm. and, uh, and how just how everything 
comes together out the front uh, with with your brass section, your keyboard player, and the the, the skank of the guitar, and uh, it's it's yeah, I I, I uh, really enjoyed doing live sound for them. Um, I did sound for for Bad Manners once as well. I think Kieran, you were yeah. there. I I was there, mate. I used to roadie for you in, 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 in a much in, in what feels like a different lifetime. But yes. in my summer holidays and stuff at college, you, you were kind enough when you were running your. Um, PA business to, uh, with this huge, amazing, what was it? 10 kilowatt Martin it audio something rig. Like it was just, it was, just, it was beautiful. It was, it yeah. was incredible. And I, and that's where I first, uh, kind of got into just watching you behind a desk, just working, working your magic, trying to create this perfect live sound and, yeah. and seeing the, the, the nuances that you would go into and you'd, you'd teach me stuff as we were doing it as well. You'd be like, right, well go and stand there and tell me what the snare sounds like there. Or can you hear the kick drum? this kind of thud if you're standing here and but what about if you stand there and yeah. all those little nuances you you were kind of imparting on me and and that would translate to every instrument and then we'd stand behind the desk again and you'd go right okay I'm listening like this and this is what I can hear through headphones but and and you would really put a lot of um passion into trying to get this this sound captured as, as best as you possibly could and I remember uh I remember that that bad manners gig where well, bust a blood vessel came up to you and you know he's a he's a man with presence right? <laughs> and, 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 and he, he was delighted he was absolutely delighted right yeah, he, yeah. He, he, he was so impressed at the sound that, that, that you yeah, had to the gig so he, yeah he, uh, the first time we saw him approval for sure the first time we saw him was when he walked on stage. So I was unable to sound check with him because he, he was a superstar, obviously. Mm. So he just walked out onto stage. Um, and the first thing he did to get more monitor, instead of asking for it to get more monitor, he just got his mic and put it into the monitor to make it feedback. <laughs> I'm like, okay, it's going to be like that. Uh, uh, and I was just frantically trying to do the monitor to mix because at that time I was doing monitors as well from front of house which was which was quite tricky eventually yeah. I, got a, I got a monitor desk so that was another desk another multi-core splitting off and yeah the amount of gear that you'd have to take to do a to do a live sound gig was, <laughs> was immense yeah was absolutely immense not the same so, now absolutely not as I say all on an iPad <laughs> So Everyone how, else doing that. How how did how did the transition from live to studio feel then? Because obviously, you're doing live sound, right? And live sound is kind of this balance of trying to trying to trying to you know get the bigger picture sounding good, but also concentrating on the little details that add into it, right? Absolutely, yeah. So how did the how did you feel then? Was it did it feel natural moving into a studio I, environment? I think so. Yeah. Uh, the the differences were that um, you didn't have the pressure of getting it right there and then for that particular song. Right, yeah. That you you could spend time getting the sound. You, you know, when, when you turn up to do it to a gig, you have a finite amount of time to um, get the drums uh, mic'd up, to get everything mic'd up, because the show's going to be starting soon. Yeah. And... <clears throat> 
uh, and you didn't, I, I mean, the, these weren't theatre shows I was doing where you have a nice early get in and have several hours to set up. Um, I, I'm, I'm talking more, more local stuff, um, where, where you were only getting there maybe an hour, uh, an hour, hour and a half before the band to get your stuff set up to be, and then the band would arrive at whatever time they fancied. <laughs> it seemed. <laughs> So, uh, and then moving into the studio, you would have um, a lot more time to to sort out the sounds of the individual instruments, uh, drums, bass, you, 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 and, and obviously the guitar, um, which I'll talk about um, in a lot more detail. Uh, getting getting the sounds right for each individual instrument, mm-hmm. um, you could spend the time, and that that was time well spent. Which again, I'll go into and. In, in a lot more detail. So um, the time factor was was the main difference and having the chance of doing things again. Mm-hmm. Of course. Right, yeah. Yeah. yeah, for the music. Whereas live sound, you the song would start and then you would have to... Um, uh, get it right by the end of the song for that particular yes. song. And yeah, once once a live band starts, you can, f- for all intents and purposes, leave it. But, you know, you're still, you know, riding faders for, for guitar solos mm-hmm. and invariably, you know, live musicians, they turn up, they turn down, they fall over, yeah. people fall into them. You know, it, it, there are so many <laughs> <Yes>. things that, <laughs> that occur. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. It's such a reactionary... Um, you're performing, aren't you, actually, when you yeah. think about it? You're part of the band's performance. You're just not on stage with Absolutely, the band. I yeah. guess you you can you can take the approach of doing live sounders the band sounds this particular way, we get everything mic'd up, we do a sound check, everything sounds okay and leave them to it. But actually you have to be there to kind of ride the wave with them, don't you? You have yeah. to be there to, you know, to change things. If the guitarist needs, like you say, ride ride the faders for the solos, if they need, you know, adding like delays and things like that here yeah. and there, you know, stuff like that for the, you know, for some cool effects, you have to kind of be part of the performance, don't you? Whereas in the studio, it's a little bit more kind of fundamental isn't it mm. so if you if you were kind of working with a guitarist or a band in the studio now what what would you what would you expect from from them first day day number one Sorry to interrupt this fascinating conversation with Demo, but if you've got this far, maybe you should like and subscribe to this podcast. Go and do that now and then come right back. What from the guitarist? Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> late, first of all, they'd be late, right? <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I suppose be, yeah. be be on time. Uh, yeah. It's so, so fundamental is, you know, to be prepared. Yeah. Yeah. Make sure your strings are changed if you if if they were completely dead. Mm. You know, if if only just changed them, that that might be fine. But you know, think about putting new strings on. Have spare sets of strings. You might snap a string. Um, so all of these Boy Scout be prepared things that you 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 need um make sure you're if you put new strings on that they're bedded in you've stretched them um mm-hmm. that they're, they're perfectly in tune and just keep tuning you've got a tuner on your board tuner on your headstock just tune 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 ev- all the time make sure that yeah. if you've got a um 
uh, an active guitar that you've got spare batteries. Yeah. Um, that, that if you're using batteries in your pedals, you've got spare batteries for those. <laughs> the chances of that, I, I, I don't. Most people plug in now, don't they? Do you know what you made? You pedals. made a good point though, as well. I was watching a video recently of a, um, a, a, a session guitarist in the US. I really like called Tom Bukovac or Bukovac. I don't know if you've heard of him. He's a country mm. kind of guy. Really, really great guitarist. Very kind of um, Americana, you know, nothing flash, just such a great touch and feel. He's a really interesting guy. Um, and I was watching a video of him in a session and he was doing the exact thing you just said. The moment he stops recording a little part, he's tuning. He's tuning his guitar. Mm. And whilst he's talking, saying, let's go back, I just want to play, let's double track that part he's tuning. And then the guy cues him up and he's playing. And then the moment he stops and they're talking about the next part, he's tuning up all the time. It's so important, isn't it? To kind of make sure your instrument is, I mean, I I, I don't know about you, Kieran, but like the number of times I've listened to recordings of bands and you think, that sounds a bit (laughs) out of tune though. And then all of a sudden I'm not thinking about the song anymore. I know, I know, exactly. It's so fundamental to the recording, isn't it? To kind of be in tune with at least, with at least the the band rather than whether you're actually in tune or not. So interesting. It's, um, yeah, and this whole thing about tuning. Now, I've recently listened to um, uh, a, a, I suppose it's a YouTube video of Rick Beato uh, interviewing Dr. Brian May. Uh, yeah, that's and, a great interview. And it's, a, it's a great, great interview. And there's a bit in there about um, tuning right at right at the end of the of the video where where Brian May talks about the end of Bohemian Rhapsody. As far as he's concerned, is slightly out of tune. Huh. With the, just before the um, uh, nothing really matters. Right at the end, mm. mm-hmm. there's some beautiful guitar parts coming down descending guitar parts and uh he just said he remembers playing them a little bit too hard so they went slightly sharp Mm -hmm. each one so when the piano comes in he was perfectly in tune with himself but when the piano comes in which was perfectly in tune Mm. he was his whole little orchestral part was slightly and you have to really 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 listen to to make sure to, to hear this <laughs> that it is it, the piano comes in and it sounds a little bit honky tonk <laughs> I mean I mean ever so slightly and you have to have amazing I, yeah. I think you just have to notice it in the first place I would never have noticed it if um, if if the, he had never mentioned it and you don't still you listen to it and you go really is that really out of tune I don't know but um, so even how hard you play yeah yeah um, can can affect your tuning and yeah. you even need to really consider about your bending when you're bending your strings because when you bend you go from and again they were talking about this on the podcast on, on their um, uh, on their video um, that, that when you play a note and bend it mm. you only bend one way you don't necessarily unless you're Steve Vai with with his circular yeah, yeah. circular vibrato, vibrato which which, which <laughs> really puts it into perspective that, yeah. that if you do that you're moving your string up back to the center and down back up so you're actually moving it and bending it properly in and out of tune to get the vibrato whereas i think the majority of people get the string and move it up 
back to the position. So you're literally up again. Up again. Yeah. So you're you're actually always going to be a little bit sharp. Yeah, on in, average, that's right. On yeah. average, <laughs> yeah. I mean, minutely. But you've got to yeah. take that in consideration when you're uh, when you're recording oh. as well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> about your bending. Yeah, so, which, uh, which I guess leads into the, the point: be practiced before you go and do a recording Definitely. session. Right? That was oh wow, yeah. Just that was that was um, uh, another another thing is to know your parts inside out back to front so when you do come to to play them the 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 not that it will be flawless yeah and because uh, you might need to do it again for whatever reason yeah but that you are you are it's not like something completely brand new to you you want it to be in your hands and not in your head don't you, you definitely <laughs> be, be, again you're being utterly prepared yeah. for, for, for playing that that song that you 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 played so um mm. unless you're uh eddie van halen and come in and just do the beat it solo <laughs> <laughs> just straight off can you imagine that can you imagine being there when he did that <laughs> just what would that have been like just it just turns up you know apparently as well i was reading referring back to the conversation we had i guess when we did the the, the pub quiz about talking yeah, about great. um uh, apparently that wasn't even his amp that was the studio amp that was the studio <laughs> marshall and he still just came in and sounded like that i mean just what a talent what an irreplaceable talent eddie van Halen yeah. was yeah awesome and it, well that's a rabbit hole we need to just avoid <laughs> yeah of know your parts inside out pra- practice before you record um make sure you're well practiced I, I yeah you you cannot um underestimate the the, the need for, for that Absolutely. knowing your knowing your stuff inside out so i was going to say look um, you know what what do you advocate that a guitarist brings to the studio, right? Because ah, yes. There's a whole. I mean, it obviously depends on how well well kitted out the studio is. But um, I've been in studio situations where I've turned up with everything like that I that I own in, in, in the in the hope that you know I, I'm covered for all bases, and then ended up using nothing that I brought with me because <laughs> the studio's got it all, or the engineer's kind of like, well, if you're after that kind of sound, we can just go straight into the desk and I can make that happen for you, mm. or you know, or just bring that pedal if if you if that's the the pedal you want to use, and and so I've had to be quite. Uh, fluid in my kind of thought process of, of what gear I'm I'm, I'm going to use, but how do, how do you approach it with a guitarist um, trying to capture capture their sound? What would you say? Right, uh, definitely bring this, and, and and don't worry so much about about bringing these these things because we've, no, we've got I that th- covered in the studio. <clears throat> I th- I think as uh, as you said, you should you should take everything you think you need, everything. So you get gu- your guitar, pedals, cables. Um, your amp <laughs> if uh, or, or anything else you happen to use helix um uh, uh and, and have it ready and quite often you know a guitarist will turn up and say right i i, I know exactly how i want to sound <laughs> and this is my sound and you know he'll he or she will set up in the studio live room and plug into the amp through their pedals or whatever and say this is the way i would like to sound 
Mm. And you go, right, okay, we'll try and recreate that onto the recording. I almost said onto tape then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was once. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, you, you've got to be, you've, some people know exactly the way they want to sound. Um, and then it's your job as the engineer to sort of try and capture that mm-hmm. with, with your arsenal of microphones Mm. plugins however whatever approach which we'll talk about as well um whatever approach you you're going to take uh and then it it could be that you that that it's going to be unachievable i i wouldn't see why why not but um and then that's your job as the engineer to sort of say well have you thought about trying this instead different amp different Mm -hmm. bypassing the pedals just turning the amp up full um uh, and so on so um you you can never be too prepared with all your gear Mm. you know don't Mm. don't be like one of the drummers that forgot to bring his cymbals and sticks to a session (laughs) once and had to get his mum to go and get them it's not very rock and roll is it (laughs) it's it's not really that's the embarrassing vocal (laughs) but but I like what you said there about um, you know the skills that you've got as a studio engineer or any studio engineer has got to also kind of go okay well look I, I know what sound you're trying to get and we're not quite getting it with your live rig or whatever let's you know let me try to help you get that through other through other means Definitely. and it's having it's having trust in the in the engineer as well yes. because you will know how to try to get that sound out of your live room or out of your desk plugins or out of you know whatever setup you've got and and how you've got it for other bands before so um I, th- I like that. So I think it is a case of turn up with everything that you think you'll need, but maybe also be prepared to experiment and work with the studio engineer to also refine some of that because what you use live with your band in, in the pub or in a club may not be able to be captured in the right way for you that that goes on to tape <laughs> as it were in, in the same way and you can actually you can try and get that effect in a, in a different way yeah um, yes yes most definitely so um i i don't know where it's difficult to know where to start with with all of that really uh <laughs> there's so many different approaches to 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 re- recording the guitar i suppose this is a good good point to um get down to some fundamentals mm. yeah mm. definitely yeah. And i was um, going to ask about that actually about the approach of trying to get as close as you can to what you want at the source of the recording rather than having to oh. rely on eq and effects and things like that you know if you can record you know the more the, as close to how you want it to be then surely that leaves you with the least amount of work to do right absolutely yeah don't don't the one of the thing of a maybe a, a lazy engineer is oh we'll fix that in the mix yeah we'll, <laughs> we'll fix that in the mix don't yeah. worry about that we'll just I'll, I'll i'll fix it and you can uh, with pro tools and and uh, logic and, and any Ooh. of these uh, digital audio workstations. You can you can edit to your heart's content and and do it. But the, capturing 
um, a, a live performance, a live take is, is there's something about it. There's something very organic about that and yeah. very musical. Um, yeah. it depends on the music that you're reproducing, but we're talking about guitar based music, I, I suppose. <clears throat> and, uh, again, quoting Dr. Brian May that, that, that they used to record, um, uh, their backing tracks of either piano bass drums or guitar bass and drums live mm-hmm. with no drop-ins no uh, with, with with just purely from start to finish the song would be one backing track one take and yes they would have to maybe do it multiple times um and and that's probably where where the backing track is so solid that then Brian and the the guys could go away and then record their different sort of um wonderful parts vocal mm-hmm. parts mm-hmm. guitar orchestrations over the top and and spend mm-hmm. time dropping in doing those little sections but um the the fundamental backing track was was recorded live and if you can get a take of of your part live mm-hmm. it is going to be much better uh oh yeah for sure completely than than having to to, to drop in not that you'll be able to tell the drop in but there there may be some musical differences that that you um that that uh that show up yeah and i think you're capturing a performance as well right you've yeah, got to keep that absolutely perform especially if it like we're talking here aren't we about guitar based music and and often that is band based you know where you're people in a room and i've always said you know my favorite music is anything that sounds like people in a room it's not just the sound of yeah. the instruments yeah. or the songwriting it's you can sense the interaction between the people, right? You know, you yeah. hear a guitarist mm. play something cool and the drummer will fill around it kind of thing. You can tell, you can imagine it in your mind, you know, that winking and nodding going on kind of during the performance kind of, you know. Yeah. I love yeah, that about, about well-recorded performances. Um, and I think that's important to capture, you know, even with warts and all. Definitely, yeah, yeah. But it's easy. And one of the things you mentioned about Pro Tools, it's easy these days to kind of, if you can record one verse well well you can just copy that throughout the song and I think that kind of flies in the face of what a good performance is you know yeah and and you uh, mentioned not you know I'm a big uh, Guitar Smarts fan you see I I listened to uh, I think Matt you were talking uh, about um, the the knocking on the door at that on that Eddie Van Halen solo, oh yeah yeah which is him oh, testing yeah. his pickups that's it yeah. see I didn't know that that, that is phenomenal yeah it's just absolutely <laughs> phenomenal but if I was the studio engineer with Pro Tools yeah my god it's so easy it would have been so easy you just go and you just get rid of that yeah, that's it yeah you just drag I've, it away yeah just drag it away and, because you think well we don't need that pickup noise in there but because yeah. it was recorded onto tape, um, there's something about that. That's become part of the song. That da, 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 da. definitely, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Uh, but you could have edited that out really easily, but maybe not so much, not so easy with tape. Mm. It's, um, it's yeah. almost the best part of the guitar solo. Yeah, that, it really is. It? it builds that anticipation. Yeah, you know it's coming. It? You know what's coming. You know he's about because he's because like he starts real... with like the whammy right down as well, doesn't he? So he's kind yeah. of putting the tension back into the strings as he's yeah. starting his solo. It kind of feels like the door opening as well. Yeah, so it's just yeah. such a brilliant performance. 
Even if it's not a perfect recording, such a great performance. Yeah, absolutely. Might have to do a whole podcast episode on that guitar solo. <laughs> there's, there's, there's so much in it. There's so much in it. But, but I like what you're saying, Damon, because there is something uh, that has happened over time with the convenience of things like Pro Tools, where it probably would have been like an automatic reflex to highlight that mm. part of the waveform and just delete it out. Yeah. Whereas there was probably a conversation that took place, you know, in the studio when it was recorded onto tape where they went yeah we're going to edit that bit out and somebody probably just couldn't see maybe just went actually I quite like mm. it should we, should we just keep it mm. in and it saves us time and hassle and yeah alright let's keep it in you know whereas it would just probably nowadays would automatically just come just come out it wouldn't have even been a discussion it would That's have just right. been like yeah, trimmed, would just, trimmed it, done gone yeah just mm. trimmed just, it, it would take two seconds to trim that 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 sound out yeah. and uh, it would have never have been there I reckon that's what would have <laughs> happened if Pro Tools engineer was was on it that that it would just just cleaned it up would have just cleaned it's it up and, just, and it would have been gone so um, don't mix it don't fix it in the mix yeah get the mm. get the tone right mm. at, right at the beginning so yeah so, definitely so uh, which brings me on to um, amp choice interesting mm. what would you do i mean so you're you're either in a you know tiny little studio you're yeah. either record recording at home um so your choice is your amp mm-hmm. <laughs> uh you know your amp you know your sound you want to get um i suppose it's a bit like you kieran you know you know and love the sound of your amp you spent a long time getting the sound of your guitar through the, your pedal board into your guitar amp um you want to recreate that in the studio so right. there's that's a no-brainer right. you're you're going to just choose that amp, but um uh talking to somebody last night that um they were in a rehearsal studio uh, I was talking to, to one of your podcast listeners, Mr. Ollie Browning. Uh, oh, yeah. And um, he plugged his amp head into a, a 4x12. Mm. And he was blown away by the sound that he that, that he got mm. got from it. So um, if if your studio has mm. some uh, cabs lying around, other amp heads, you might want to try try those out and see what what um, what different sounds you can create. Um, and yeah. So you're saying kind of you take the take the as well, as well as being prepared, take the opportunity to maybe experiment as well whilst whilst you have definitely the if you've got if you've got the opportunity and the time yeah. If, yeah. If, you're, if you if if uh, if you're a, um, a band that knows exactly the sound that they want and you've mm-hmm. already achieved that sound live, you just want to recreate it in the studio. Then you, know, you don't need to mess around with it. But uh, yeah. Uh, you can um, just just uh, expect, have time to experiment with your different cabs, different amps, different um, even um, you know you might even want to try something that you wouldn't think would be um, any good, like a little practice amp or something. Yeah. Mic up yeah. close pro- with making sure that you're utilizing the proximity effect on the on the microphone. Yeah getting it right up close to the to the speaker cone uh, and you might get an amazing sound out mm. of it so be prepared to be to try to try those things out um, yeah. but if you if you I'm sure there's a I'm sure there's like a, I don't know if this is true or not we might need to get this fact checked but 
uh, wasn't it like um, Jimmy Page used to use like a, an old Supra amp with like a uh, like a really small eight inch speaker in it like in the studio mm. setting? But because it was just it was just wound up so mm. high and it just used to push it absolutely to the to the limits. Yeah, it would it would just sound great when it was mic'd up and, and mm. run into a desk. You know, no, you couldn't use it live. It wouldn't be wouldn't be the amp wasn't powerful enough and, and the speaker certainly didn't yeah. have any projection. Right, I think pretty much everything. Clapton recorded in the 70s, which was recorded through a Fender Champ, a little eight-inch yeah. one-knob valve amplifier. Yeah. But like you say, just uh, it. it's studio, you know, studio, you, you, a good thing about being in a studio, you can kind of be as loud as you want to a degree, can't you, if there's isolation Definitely, through some yeah. things. But also you can crank an amp that wouldn't be sufficient for a live gig and just stick a microphone mm. up close to it mm. and get an absolutely killer sound, couldn't you? Mm. Yeah. Mm. yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, which, which I suppose leads us on to uh, microphones. Right. So this is these yeah. are the these are the the ears of your engineer, really. Mm-hmm. That the, mm. they are going to be doing the listening, taking the sound and transforming it into into your desk, into uh, mic preamps, into onto whatever format you're recording yeah. on from from tape tape to to hard drive um as is as as uh, a lot of people do you can just stick a microphone in front of it uh turn the amp up and uh you've recording you know you you you're away uh chuck a sm57 in front of it Mm-hmm. Uh, and I say chuck because you know uh, to start off with you could just literally put it very near the, the speaker and you'll get you'll get the sound of the amp. It's not until you go into thinking right, how do I place the microphone? Mm. Do I put it on axis, off axis? You're going to get different sounds depending on what axis you you put your microphone on, whether it's facing it or slightly off to a slant. Um, and then you've got to figure out whether how loud your your amp's going to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Um, do you just run it at the volume that you normally would use it because that's the sound you get and you mic that up or do you really crank it to, to get that real overdriven sound uh, if, if that's what you really want or you know you the full capacity mm. of your your amp um, does that inform so these choices does that inform the microphone choice that you would make as an engineer do you think if the guitarist is really cranking and it's an ear bleeding De- oh. loud amplifier that informed you'd make different microphone choices based on that possibly yeah right, yeah okay. absolutely I, I think to start off with you know you're close micing you're going to be putting um a dynamic microphone in front of it whether it be um your sm57 standard mm-hmm. um your uh sennheiser's 906 e906 mm-hmm. um or the the 609 is the slightly cheaper version um so yeah you're starting off with your dynamic microphones but you might want to put um, a, a, a capacitor microphone on there, or a or a condenser microphone, mm-hmm. um, to to capture a more realistic sound. Because your SM57 and your um, 906 are they they say that they don't color it in any way, but they, they do to a certain extent. They're they're um, they've got their own EQ curve. Yeah. response response yeah. curve um so uh having having your choice of two up front 
will be great. But that's not giving you the sound of your amp. The, the sound of the amp is in the room. So you want to try and maybe put a microphone um, a few feet away, six feet away, three feet away. It depends on how, how big your room is. Right. Um, uh, and put, put a, a condensed microphone in the room to capture the sound of the room. So um, before I've done done this very thing, so you've got a, a 57 and maybe a, a condenser mic up close on, on, the, on the cone. Uh, you have a room mic facing the amp and then you'd have a boundary microphone facing the wall to pick up the reflections. Okay. And if you pan those room mics left and right, you get some sort of massive room sound. So you've got four microphones on your guitar. Um, and then you tweak the, the, the positioners, yeah. positions of, the, of those microphones to get the exact sound you want to get. Uh, your, or, or the exact sound of the amp mm. that you're trying to get. That's, that's cool. I like, the reason I think that that's so important, yeah. right, is because you're not just kind of going, let's stick one microphone on it and record it, and then let's use EQ to take away things to get it to sound like what we want. What you're doing is you're going back to that having, get capturing what the sound at the source, right? You actually, that's you're exactly kind of saying, it, yeah. it's kind of like, well, instead of recording one amp, I'm actually recording, it's kind of like I'm recording four amps with different microphones for each, but it's still just one amp. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to, to get the sound I want, I'm going to change the mix of all these different things until I get the sound. And then I've not lost anything in that process. I'm not doing anything subtractive mm. to get the sound I want, yeah. you know, and I'm actually kind of, you know, it's like painting a picture, you know, it's like we said before about, you know, fixing things in the mix. You know, I'm sure Da Vinci mm. didn't use Tipex on the Mona Lisa. He just kind of got it <laughs> right, didn't he? You know, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that's a good analogy, but it's it's about getting it right at the beginning and yeah. giving yourself the opportunity to kind of, you know, create the right sound as if you are creating something because you are. You're not just trying to fix something all the time. No, absolutely. Um, putting just one microphone, one dynamic microphone in front of a guitar cab um, is, is almost a part of creating the sound uh, in, in as much as that, that microphone, say the SM57, um, will be a part of your sound chain. Yeah. So if you are going to do that, you, you, you have to take into consideration that, that it's a part of the coloration of yes. your sound it's yeah. it's almost like another pedal yeah in the, in the chain that's uh, a really good it, point yeah because i guess when you, you I, we've so, we've kind of talked about this before you know a lot of people have kind of talked about oh i really want to get that kind of you know clapton blues breakers tone which is a, a les paul and a marshall and you think well it's not a les paul and a marshall it's a les paul a marshall a microphone and a preamp and tape yeah, that's what yeah. you're listening to. You're listening to all those things, right? Absolutely, so, yeah. Yeah, so I guess you've got to think about, do you do you think about preamp choice or things like that when you're recording well, as well? Well, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, but it's what you've got, really. It's whether yeah. you've got a, uh, <laughs> it's whatever the studio's got, if yeah. you, you know, um, wise. Uh, again, each one of those signal, part of the signal chain will, will colour it ever so slightly. And the, yeah. the closer you get to your recording f- form, Format, whether uh, and nowadays it will all be hard drive, uh, unless you are recording to tape. 
Yeah. Um, and the tape is the final coloration yeah. point with a little bit of saturation, a um, mm. little bit of compression, mm. um, tight, you know, tiny amounts, but all of that will add to, to the sound that you are creating in the studio. So that's why I like to use multiple mics because you are, yes, you've got those close mics, mm-hmm. coloration, but you've also got the sound of the amp. If you if you're using some really good uh, condenser microphones, um, however you want to set them up mm-hmm. um, to capture the room sound, maybe it's left and right uh, stereo in in as room as far as uh, wide as you can, mm-hmm. so it picks up some of the reflections off the walls. Um, it, it, it it really depends. It depends if your if your studio space has got reflective walls. Or right. is it comp- is it completely um, deadened? Yeah, some some, some of them dead, and, and which case then um, you're not going to be getting sound reflection. So you're just going to have to go with the coloration of the uh, of your mm. of your dynamic microphone, which is up close. Um, going back to um, Dr. Brian May, the way he did it again on this uh, on on this video that he would turn his eighty thirty up full. Mm and have the the hiss <laughs> yes. and uh he would uh listen to where he puts the microphone or whoever would be moving the microphone until he got that sound as he described it whatever that yeah. is and he was saying that this is close to the to the eddie van halen brown sound but it would just <laughs> noise yeah so he would tune his from from the noise of the amp being uh, completely overdriven um and and tuning it just to 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 the noise which which is uh which is that's, in, that's wow i mean that's a genius, Brian May. Doctor Brian May. Yeah. Mind blown. Yeah. Mind blown. <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, uh, you you can do it do it do it that way as well. Um, but uh, that was when you know I suppose with Clapton and mm. um, you know the whole point of of the sixties and seventies was the only way you're going to get distortion is by turning your amp up mm. full. Mm. Mm. Slicing the the cones, etc. So, um, um, and reproducing that. And I never thought that they completely and utterly reproduced the sound of the amp. Mm. It always sounds a little bit thinner. Mm. Uh, maybe that's because the techniques they had back then were not as progressive. Mm. I, I don't. I, do, I don't know. Um, you know, once once you know you hear Clapton's tone in the eighties, mm. it's very very different to his his tone of the of the sixties and seventies. And yet, I reckon if you're in a room with his Marshall Stacks yeah. uh, of the sixties, oh, uh, with him playing his Les Paul, it would have sounded fat. <laughs> it would have been all the low end there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So again, it goes back to. Um, you can either just try and capture the sound of your amp mm-hmm. or use the microphones as the next stage in that signal path to, to, mm. um, to, to, to color the sound in, in a certain way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you experiment. That's the time when you experiment. Do you yeah. use this 
co- uh, condenser mic or do you use this dynamic mic? Which combination of the two or three, maybe close mics, mm. off, off axis, on axis, um, putting one in the back of a cab if it's open backed. Interesting. So you kind of get the out of phase. Yeah. Kind of- signal as well from behind the app which I guess is important because that fills a room doesn't it sometimes I always find I don't know about you Karen I guess you moved from you used to have a Marshall 4x12 didn't you when you were kind of gigging live uh, which is a closed back and then you went to your Fender amp which you've got now which is open back for me I've always loved open back because of that you you, you get it's just the openness it really, you do fit. <laughs> yeah. Sounds silly to describe For it that sure. way because that's exactly what it is. It's open at the back, but it's yeah. it's it's kind of it, it increases the dynamics of what you're hearing really because you kind of you're hearing yeah, the direct sound of the speaker. You're getting different reflections. You're getting different reflections <laughs> yeah. from the back of the room. Exactly. Yeah, and it's. Robin Ford has always spoken about loving the sound of an open back speaker cab because of that, you know, uh, fuller sound you get and less directional sound. Um, yeah. Speaker cab choice, I guess, is huge. So, we've, Demo, we've spoken a lot here now about kind of the mechanics of everything. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that we haven't really spoken about is trust. Um, oh. the, the, the trust, you know, you have to develop some kind of trust between the musician and the engineer, right? The person who's doing the recording for you. Has, yeah. that, ever, has that ever been a problem for you in the past? Or how do you develop kind of a, a you know, a, a synchronicity between the musicians you're, you're, you're recording, uh, you know, and and how you want to work? Um, that's quite an interesting question. Uh, it's, it comes down to, uh, this thing really of, of you just try and be a nice guy. <laughs> you, you just try uh, and use, use your ears for the people as in the same way as you're going to use your ears for recording, listen to what the 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 clients want um don't just barge straight in right this is how we're going to record this session it's not going to put them at ease you're just going to you're going to want to listen and and um spend time with the band the the musicians mm-hmm. to to really hear really hear what they want from their recording session um mm. and whether that aligns up with what you're wanting to achieve um, right. and in the end they're the they're the client and you're going to try and do the best for them of course what you can do really uh yeah. so listen 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 and uh, and just spend time with them um take into account everything that they want I, I suppose, uh, even if it, even if it sounds like, cause I'm trying to put oh, myself in no. your position. If it, like, have you ever been in a position where you're playing something back for, let's say it's Kieran, let's say Kieran's band have been in, you know, for a recording session and they're all sat there grooving away going, Oh, this sounds fantastic. And you're sat there going, no, it doesn't. How do you kind of, how do you do, deal with that? How, do you have to put your own kind of, assumptions to one side and think well this is the customer you know the this their intent what you know if they're happy then i'm happy or at what point do you kind of step in and go guys you know this needs to be different you know yeah i i think it's all these initial discussions that you have with them before anything is set up okay 
um, that you would discuss as much as the stuff that we've talked about, mic placement, and see how interested they actually are. Right. A lot of the time, they'll be very happy to hand over the nitty gritty part to the engineer. And if the engineer or, or myself would uh, would have the ideas, I would sort of put it put it across their bows and sort of say. Mm. Um, have you thought about maybe we'll record the guitar like this rather than just uh, putting one mic up against the cab? How about we we try and capture the room? It will give you this kind of sound. Um, and invariably, the, the, they'll be really open to to suggestions. Yeah. yeah, I've seen I've seen you do this firsthand, mate. And I think it, it does come under the umbrella that you've said, Matt, which is trust. But how you create that level of trust, it's a... I've seen you coaching bands in the studio because I used to just come down and sit in the studio for fun on a, on a nice little sofa and eat pizza while you while you recorded bands just because it was something good good to do and a nice place to hang out. Um, and I've seen the way that you you build trust and it's a, you've got to wear these different hats and I've, and I've seen you do it right. You've got to be everything from a coach to get them psychologically in the right place to get you know a good cu- a good take out of them. You've got to be a, a disciplinarian at times to keep things on track because time is money in the mm. studio right and you know if they leave at the end of their three or four days or week session or however long it is and and the pr- product isn't there then you know everyone's going to be disappointed so you've got to keep keep the time management going on you've got to you've also got to um uh, be be able to show them where they need to rely on your technical expertise right because they're in your house right mm. a house in inverted commas they're in your domain right they they have to have some kind of ability to go, actually, this guy knows his stuff, right? And he knows this mic setup is going to be best, or he knows that this is how we're going to have to position the speaker cab to try and get the mm. live sound or you know, whatever whatever it is. Whatever. There's that certain element where, you know, you have to be able to quite quickly uh, get them into the mindset of the bits where they can have that creative input and you want that collaboration. But the other bits where you're like, I need to, I need to get on and, and, and let you guys, you know, trust me on, on how we're going to set this bit up because, you know, it's going to work. So it's, it's really multifaceted that the kind of role that you have to play in that yeah, environment. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's quite, it's quite nice. It's quite nice to watch yeah. and, and, and see the, the, the different skills. To be a psychologist um, involved, almost, you know, sit yeah. down and tell me about yeah. your childhood kind of thing. <laughs> Well, maybe not that far, but I tell you what, as the final kind of discussion topic, like again, on this, on this theme is I know for a lot of people, myself included, right? Going into the studio is a very different, more daunting experience Mm. than playing live. Like for some people playing live, standing up in front of an audience of whatever size is, 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 you know, a nerve wracking thing for me personally, that doesn't bother me at all. That's where I feel comfortable. However, put me in a room in a studio with like two or three people and all of a sudden the pressure to get that take right feels infinitely more you know ridden with anxiety now as a studio engineer you've got to find a way to to get somebody through that because otherwise you're going to be there all day trying to trying to get yeah. a, a decent take yeah. like, how, 
Matt, I don't know. Don't yeah, really, I mean, I, you guys are seasoned uh, well, in I, this, so I don't know I if you agree. relate I mean, to this. I'm still like that now. I, I kind of try and do some home recording when I can, if I'm doing backing tracks and things, or sometimes I'm playing along to backing tracks, and I think, I'm going to, instead of playing along, I'm going to record a solo or something. And then it kind of feels like I have to get through a process of moving moving stuff out of my system. It's kind of right. I know there's going to be mistakes and stumbling, because now I'm recording. You get that kind of red light syndrome. But for me, I know it's it does happen, but I kind of feel like it's inevitable. It's like, do you know what I mean? It's like flushing, it's like flushing, you know, dirt out of a system almost. It's like I know at some point I'm going to calm down and relax, but you got, I've got to be playing to get to that point. But, sure. but I, I, yeah. I've never, I've never ever felt like it's. I'm the same as you in the sense of gigging. I feel fine gigging, recording, especially with other people it's inevitable that I'm going to feel some kind of pressure um, to perform. And I think it's because, not because of the people, I think it's because, for me, you're putting something down and at some point you've got to say that's the permanent thing. That's the, that's it. That's as good as it's going to get. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's the choice. Whereas when you're playing live, it's like, <laughs> yeah. it's like so we're talking about, I'm talking specifically about maybe soloing or something. Mm. Um, not like accompanying a song, but if you're doing a solo and you're playing live, you kind of improvise and you think, oh, that was cool. I wonder if I'll do something similar next time. Whereas when you're recording, at some point you have to kind of let it go. You know, and, and it kind of, it's like it's like letting a child move out of the house or something like that. It's, <laughs> you want to make sure it's prepared for the world. And, and you know, talking about the child, not the solo, but still. <laughs> so that's kind of the thing. Is that a part of it for you? I don't, maybe subconsciously for me, I think that's why if I'm recording, you get that red light syndrome. It's because you're worried about letting go of it and it not being good enough. Yeah. Um, whereas you can kind of reconcile that when you're playing live. I, I suppose it's a part of it's that role of the the engineer slash producer yeah. here that um, to try and put the the artist the the musician at ease at all times to relax, just relax, 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 just you know, and say why don't we? Uh, one of you know one of the things I would say is right. We're just going to start now, rather than just saying, rather than saying, right. I'm going to hit record. Uh, <laughs> go for it. it. Yeah. Here it is. Here it is. Uh, you've got ten minutes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we've got we've got to we've got to move on to the vocals. You know, just get you know get your stuff done. Um, no, you know, you'd say right. I will. Um, I'll record. I press record and play. See how it goes. We'll just take this as a first take. Uh, don't worry about it. We'll we'll do it again mm. anyway. Um, I'd I'd like to get a couple of takes of this anyway. So just relax into it. Doesn't matter how many times you're going to have to do. You know, you want to do this. Um, just relax into it. And invariably, the, the the first or second take is 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 normally really good because the the concentration is so high. <laughs> Uh, it, it's 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 when they're not relaxed. So it's your job to really put them at ease, even if it's you know if if they're feeling um, a, a little bit self conscious. Send the other musicians away. You know, go and get a, grab a cup of tea now, mm, mm. guys. Um, it, it's t- it's time for a bit of quiet studio time for producer and guitarist yeah. and um mm. you know and if you do have to do another take just say right I, that was great <laughs> 
I uh, thought that was fabulous, but I'd really like to do another one. Um, I'd like to have a couple, two or three of these. So there's no pressure. Mm. And as long as you've got the time to do that, and sometimes there will be time pressure, but in the studio, you've got time to do. Yeah. Spend some time to, to, to to get good record, get good takes down. Unless it's Steve Lukather who's turned up. Oh, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) In which case he's in and out the door within five minutes, right? (laughs) (laughs) it's <laughs> yeah. not many people like that anymore no so it's about it's about you know especially if you're working with um people are not used to being in the studio mm-hmm. yeah you want to just try and get them to just be relaxed it's top tip just top tip is just relax yeah. and it's it's mm. the thing is you can't say just relax because it's it's like telling somebody not to be grumpy <laughs> Uh, it's the worst thing you can tell somebody. <laughs> it's so true. That's so true. You have to try and naturally make them feel more comfortable without just telling them to be more comfortable, right? Like yeah, absolutely. Take, by, like you said, yeah, taking yeah, yeah. the pressure away. Hey, we're just going to just press record. Let's just see how it goes. No pressure. Yeah. And then they kind yeah, of go, okay, absolutely, no yeah. And you, you're building up this trust all all the time, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and hopefully they will start to relax into what, what you're doing. Um, and just, and as a studio engineer, you would just try and record everything you possibly can, whether it be a good take, bad take. Yeah. It, it doesn't matter. Just, just record everything. Mm. How, always have, have the record on if you can. Yeah. Capture everything. You don't want to be there. Oh, that was such a great little thing. Would you recording? Yeah, yeah. No. Oh, no, no. I missed it. It will never happen again. <laughs> <laughs> How many times has that happened, Damo? That must have happened uh, once or twice. What? Not not recording? Yeah, no, no. I, a couple of times, you you know, you've you've hit the wrong button or something. Yeah. But again, if you're if you're if you're if you're saying if you're saying, can we just do that again? You're not saying that it's their fault. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I'd just like to do that again if we could. So, so to to kind of wrap up, Dan, which I and and I gotta say, thank you so much again for for coming on because no, it's been super informative, and I think for anybody listening who's probably never really considered doing any recording with a band or for themselves, it's super informative about the process and how to be prepared and what to expect and to mm. you know and how to work with someone like yourself. Um, if you were to say to somebody like that, you know. What three things should they remember or consider when they're going to be recorded? You know, three or five or any number, really, I guess you decide. What What would you say were the most important things? Just be prepared. Make sure all your equipment is 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 ready. I know that comes under the be prepared, but make sure your amp is up to the job. Yeah, yeah. That, that it's not in dire need of... <laughs> A revalve or, or anything. Um, it just sounds like a, I don't know, a, a, a mouse farting in a box or something. Like yeah, that. absolutely. Yeah. And, and sometimes these things happen on the day, you know, that they will break, but maybe have a spare amp. If you, if you, if you know that time is tight or, uh, and, and you've paid for this, you know, you want to make sure you've, you've got the, your, your amp sorted out really, or whatever you're using. And we haven't even touched upon, uh, modeling at all today, uh, no, that's true. <laughs> uh, which is a, you know, a whole, di- whole different thing really. Know how your helix works. <laughs> make sure my helix is revalved. 
So, um, <laughs> and if, if that's the way you want to record, that, yeah. so be it. And, and it's becoming more and more acceptable. Uh, you, mm. You're going to get the sound exactly as as, as you want it. Um, so, uh, and may, maybe know exactly what sort of sound you want to produce. Have some sort of idea, mm. whether it be mm. because you want to sound like a particular artist or, or whatever. Um, know your parts inside out practice before your recording day mm, just spend, yeah. spend time getting everything underneath your fingers and, um, and and know how your part fits in with everything else ah that's a great point that's a, that's a really great point so so think about how your piece is your the, the, your part is a, a piece of the bigger picture yeah and understand kind of how you try not to think about it too individually try and think completely about completely in isolation yeah, yeah you need to know how it is it's going to work in a studio setup it, uh, what yeah. will come out of somebody's headphones or speakers or or phone people listen to their music on their phone now you know what what will what will your guitar sound like um or uh, in relation to the vocals or the drums yeah. or um what sort of sound are you wanting there uh yeah and, and the other thing is you know when you're relaxed into actually the recording session don't worry about having to do multiple takes it, it happens you've you've got to do it you know um and just try and be as consistent and relaxed as possible mm-hmm um, whilst whilst doing different takes, whether it be for um, just needing another take, or you're double tracking, triple tracking, whatever you want yeah. to get to, to get your to get your particular guitar sound. Sometimes you know a rhythm part will be double tracked to get that massive sound that you need on a recording because you haven't got the fact that you're listening through the, your guitar through a four by twelve. Um, you you want that fatness through double taking double tracking um so uh yeah multiple takes don't worry about it it it, it will happen none none awesome. of us is steve Lukather. <laughs> exactly yeah that's why i'm lucky him and uh, just relax and the last one number five is relax that's the most important one right yeah. just relax into it yeah, yeah. Chamomile tea before every session. Uh, so yeah, it's so important. I mean, look, it is difficult to tell someone just to relax, but if you know mm. for yourself little things that help mm. you relax, be it a cup of chamomile tea or taking some deep breaths or just going off mm. for a little walk on your own for like a couple of minutes to get some fresh air, whatever it is that mm. works for you, that's probably the one of the best best tips you can give us, Damo, is actually just figure out what helps you relax yeah. and do that as much as you can before your session. And then you'll be in the right frame of mind. Yeah. You know, there's nothing worse than trying to turn up late with half your gear missing. You haven't really learned your part properly. Uh, you don't really know what guitar sound you're after. Basically the opposite of everything <laughs> that you've said. And then you plug in and the engineer yeah. goes, right, I'm going to hit record, go. You've got 10 minutes. And you go, yeah, I'm not very relaxed now. The whole thing yeah. is just going to fall apart. There was uh, just very quickly, um, something I, I heard Steve Vai talking about about his live performance, which could be translated into the studio, mm. in the fact that he will right. sit in his studio um, without a guitar and visualize his part. Yeah. So his whatever he's going to yeah. be playing, he will play in his head. 
Yeah. As if he is playing wow. it. Um, and maybe... I've, I've just watched a video of him yeah, doing this on, that's right. on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, and he, he will, he will visualise everything that he's going to play and how he's going to play it. So he is ultimately prepared. So it's not even about the, 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 the technical side of things. It is about being mentally prepared and knowing your parts that well that you can visualise them. Yeah. Are you sure somebody didn't just catch him playing air guitar? And he's kind of... <laughs> yeah. so, literally, that's what it looks like, mate. That's what it looks like, is Steve Vai sitting there playing yeah. air guitar, and you're like, of all the people that don't need to play air guitar. But yeah, that that's what Steve Vai doing. thing to do. Uh, I mean, the, 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 his, yeah, his justification for... Not justification. He, Steve Vai doesn't need to justify himself to anyone. But his, his explanation is... is you know, he's when he records his his you know his rock, you know, uh, compositions. He often uh, records them down in separate sections, right? But you know, then he's got to take these things out onto the road and play them yeah. live from start to finish. Uh, That's right. It's kind yeah. of like, well, how am I going to do that? Because I've recorded it all in sections and it's not yet stitched together mm-hmm. in my own mind to play this. And yes, I could just chuck on the, the backing track and then play it from start to finish. But again, you know, it's not it's not the same. So, well, that's probably what most of us would do but yeah as you say Damo he doesn't just stick on the backing track and then play it start to finish and try and remember no. each section and stitch that's them together that's cool he does it all so in his like head he's, first he's like he's all manifesting in his, it in his head first right so that it's like to yeah. him his mind yeah. already knows the performance he needs to give right yeah. that's, that's cool exactly that is yeah. really cool that's that's that cool. That is cool, isn't that's it? something you could steal. That could be your number six tip, there, Damien. Yeah. You know, ultimate visualization is visualize yeah. what what you're going to be playing. Yeah, that is yeah, cool. Definitely. Yeah, be more vi. Be more vi. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sweet picking here, and then. <laughs> Eight finger tapping. Now. I still can't do it. It's visualization doesn't work. It's nonsense. <laughs> I guess visualize the stuff you know you can do, and then do yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah, don't visualize yeah. Steve Vai playing your guitar for you. It's still got to be oh, you playing. Great yeah, job, wonderful. Guys. Thank you so much for coming on again, Dan. It was so great oh, to see you. Absolute pleasure. I've thoroughly enjoyed myself. Thank you it's very much. We need to get me. you on again soon. And it'd be good to get you on just to have a chat, just to kind of, you know, just to kind of geek out on guitar stuff for an hour. That'd be awesome. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah definitely. I'd love that. <laughs> yes. Brilliant. And I get to talk about the fact that I'm now using Iridium. Oh, are you really? Strymon Iridium. Yes. yes. Completely live now. Or every live situation I use Strymon Iridium, yeah. Well, not just that, buddy, but um, you've you've just done a whole pedal board rebuild. Yeah, I've so done a whole sent me a picture the well. other day. Whole new pedal board from start to finish. So you're now yeah. going direct out the Iridium into your PA, pretty much. Oh, Absolutely, yeah. Oh, it's the way, Kieran. It's the way. Uh, I, 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 it's no, absolutely you know, awesome. Yeah. Do you know what? I was inspired by both of you mm. this week, and I um I set up the Variax, which I haven't played for years. Yeah. Right. I took it down, and and I new strings, set up, fret polish, balance the trem. It is actually a beautiful guitar, yeah. Japanese made mm. guitar. It's beautiful, absolutely stunning. So, yeah, plugged it into my Fender Blues uh, uh, Deluxe. Sounded like absolutely. 
it was definitely made for a line yeah. six pod and and some sort of PA or uh, or full range yeah. cap or something. It does not. It did not partner well with a pedal board. <laughs> but there you go. You live and learn. Live and learn. <laughs> <laughs> These things are a process. <laughs> yeah, they are a process. They are a process. <laughs> cool. Right. What are you guys up to this week then, guitar wise? Tell tell the listeners what you're doing this week. And uh, Damien, remember, give give the guys a plug about your band and your website and where they can go and find out more information oh, about Oh, fabulous. Yeah, thank you so much. Well, I'm doing a couple of solo gigs this weekend. Uh, I'm playing acoustic guitar um, and singing tomorrow. Uh, oh, tonight. Tonight. And I'm doing a, another solo gig Saturday night. Uh, on Sunday, I'm going to be doing a wedding fair. Um, to promote my band. I, I showed Matt this earlier on, but uh, for all the listeners, I'm showing uh, Kieran and Matt my lovely shiny new brochure for yeah. the, Dam- the Damien Lodrick band. Beautiful. Which uh, Beautiful. which is, which will have stuff That's inside, cool. uh, all the um, testimonials on the back. <clears throat> and and you can check us out at um, on Facebook if you type in the Damien Lodrick band. Uh, maybe... Uh, Maybe put a link in the yeah I will do I'll put a link in the description so listeners go down into the description you'll find a link to Damien's uh, Damien's webpage yeah and uh, all the videos are on uh, Facebook so if you if you can uh, if you use Facebook um, all all the videos are on there at the moment I'm having uh, a new website built at the moment um, which which is on there at the moment Mm -hmm. but uh, uh, which is going to take a little bit of time to get sorted these things. Um, always take a little bit longer than you think, uh, but yes, yeah. If you check out check out the band, uh, we'll we'll be at a wedding near you soon. Fantastic. You want too much, Gary? Uh, yeah, same, same, mate. Uh, just uh, no, no, no gigs this weekend, but prepping, prepping for gigs uh, and a rehearsal um, uh, in about uh, just over a week's time. Rehearsal with a new band. Mm. So yeah, lots of uh, so set two to learn uh, this week and four guitars to set up for customers, um, which all need a load of work. So I need to create some extra hours in the day somehow <laughs> and, and and do my day uh, job, yeah. but I actually pay the yeah. bills. So uh, and look. After two kids and, uh, and yeah, and, and my and my wife. Um, general so, husband. Yeah, apart from all that. <laughs> pretty quiet really <laughs> quite tight fantastic fantastic well for me I'm going to be downloading the latest Helix firmware tonight checking out the new features on the Helix I think and uh, maybe doing a bit of recording uh, writing some more backing tracks and just having a noodle about oh, but yes. yeah that's it for me gonna, it's going to be brilliant a good week ahead brilliant Demo thank you so much again for being on it's been an absolute pleasure. pleasure thank you so much for having me it's been amazing cheers guys see you later guys See you later. Bye. 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 Bye-bye. Thanks very much for listening to the podcast this week. Hope you found this uh, conversation super interesting. It certainly was a fun one for us, and it'll be great to have Demo back on another show another time. Uh, Remember to pop down into the description of the podcast and have a look through those links. There's some interesting information in there, some good links to our social media pages, our merchandise store, and uh, where you can give the podcast a rating. Um, And we look forward to seeing you next week. Have a great week. Bye-bye.